This is the Defenders Podcast on TV Podcast Industries, and we're talking about Hawkeye, the final episode, episode six. So this is Christmas. Clint, this is my mess to clean up. You should go home. You should be with your family. You can still make it in time for Christmas. Kate, you're my partner. Your mess is my mess. I'm not going anywhere until this is finished. Welcome back, fellow Defenders. It is the season to be jolly, and we're talking about the jolliest of episodes from Hawkeye. So this is Christmas. This is the Defenders podcast on TV Podcast Industries, and I am one of your hosts, John. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. And rounding out this festive trio of hall-decked apparel-based men, I am Chris. <laughs> uh, Chris is joking. I know we don't have a video podcast, but uh, I've made everybody wear Christmas jumpers, even on our audio podcast and uh, Christmas yeah. hats. So, uh, <laughs> sorry, guys. You can't hear it, but I'm actually jingle-jangling my head. <laughs> <laughs> what a way to finish out the uh, the season of Hawkeye. We knew it was going to be Christmassy, but uh, this was a very special Christmas episode, wasn't it? It was very christmas it was very Christmassy, but I guess also a lot of death thrown in there as well. And um, tracksuit, so Christmas, ma- yeah. yes, tracksuit mafia decks the the skating rink with blood mm-hmm. and arrows. Yes, indeed. Um, that, la, 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 la. <laughs> that that is certainly a, a sort of a new design for the Rockefeller Christmas decorations. And um, yes, yes it is. Yes, it is. Tinsel, uh, it ain't. We will be getting into our spoiler filled discussion about. Uh, Hawkeye in a moment, but did you guys uh, recognise some of the little references to Christmas movies that we got uh, throughout this episode of uh, of Hawkeye? A few, yes. Yeah, yeah. I picked up picked up a couple. Uh, we have uh, Home Alone, where they're building all of their uh, all of their trap arrows or all their trick arrows. Uh, definitely a Home Alone reference in there. Uh, noticed uh, Die Hard um, was in there, where uh, where both Kate and uh, Clint are sitting side by side on the back of the ambulance. That's the end of Die Hard for you. Um, any other ones that you guys picked up? No, I, I got the Home Alone one. Right. For sure. I don't watch Christmas films. <laughs> Chris, you need more Christmas films in your life. Yeah, I, 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 I need less Christmas films. I need more Marvel in my go. life. There you go. Yes, I didn't catch the Love Actually bit where there were signs going. <laughs> <laughs> where you try and steal your best friend's wife. Oh, yeah, so Christmassy, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> and I know it's the end of 2021. This is our 101st podcast of the years. You're most likely subscribed to the podcast if you're listening to our voice right now. But if you haven't subscribed, please pop over to our website at tvpodcastindustries.com. Subscribe to us over there on any good or villainous podcast catcher to pick up all of our podcasts. We're currently covering uh, Wheel of Time as well. Uh, our final podcast about that will be out um, just after Christmas because it's coming out on Christmas Eve. And unfortunately, I couldn't get the guys to record that day. I would, but come on. Yeah, it's just our, our additional families will probably kill us. Yes. Let's be fair. Yes. yes, true, true. But we also have recorded our podcast about Spider-Man No Way Home as well. That's available on our main feed on tvpodcastindustries.com as well. Uh, we'd also love to hear from you about your thoughts about any of the shows that we've covered this year. You can email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com with your thoughts about anything that we've covered. Uh, we will be doing wrap-up podcasts for both Hawkeye and Wheel of Time in the new year as well. So we'd love to hear your thoughts about how those shows have gone for you yes but without further ado let us get into our festive spoiler filled discussion of hawkeye episode six derek 
What are some of the episode details? Well, the showrunner for the show throughout the season so far has been Jonathan Igla. He is also the writer of this episode, along with Eliza Clement, who wrote episode two of uh, of this season of Hawkeye. Uh, the episode was directed by Reese Thomas, who directed the first two episodes of this season. So he's directed three episodes of the six episodes of the show. So, uh, yeah, main director on the show as well, I guess. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, good to, And again, the, the theory, Jonathan Igla writing the final episode as the showrunner, all good. Yeah, the theory that uh, if the if the showrunner of the show is right, I guess that means it's a good episode uh, of a season, right? Yes, that's <laughs> what we usually think. They didn't run away and uh, and decide to move on to another project like a certain showrunner did uh, back in uh, Marvel Netflix days. Uh, that's that's basically where we got that from. John, do you want to tell us what they gave us? Speaking of Marvel Netflix, with your synopsis of this episode of Hawkeye. So this is Christmas. Sure. Kingpin exerts his presence on the situation with Eleanor and their working relationship. Despite all she has done from murdering Armand III and framing Jack Duquesne, she draws the line at what must happen to her daughter, Kate Bishop, as she tries to extract herself from New York's criminal mastermind. With the Kingpin involved, things get real as he looks to clean up the threat to his interests from Eleanor's insurance policy and the meddling intrusion of Hawkeye and Kate. If things weren't bad enough, Kingpin also realises that his niece, Maya Lopez, knows the truth of her father's death and has turned on him and his operations. But he is resolved that the people need to be reminded that the city of New York belongs to him, the Kingpin. At Bishop Securities' Christmas Do, the competing interests collide, prepared with new trick arrows and with their LARPA friends embedded at the party as waiters, Kate and Clint Barton work together to foil the murder of Eleanor. The party is crashed by Kazi and his sniper rifle, as he can take down not only Eleanor, but Hawkeye and his partner, Kate Bishop. As chaos rings out through the guests, the LARPers get them to safety and are assisted by a sword-wielding Jack Duquesne, who has been released from police custody. At the Battle of Rockefeller, Clint and Kate fight the hordes of Tracksuit Mafia. As Clint looks to nullify Kazi, another uninvited guest, Yelena Belova, is hot on his heels. She catches up with him to kill him, but Clint finally gets through to her when he shares Natasha's secret whistle with her sister, explaining that no one could have stopped the Black Widow once she had decided to sacrifice herself. Elsewhere, Mayer confronts and kills an unrepentant Kazi for his role in the murder of her father. While Kate confronts Kingpin and finally bests him before turning her mother over to the police for the murder of Armand III, Kingpin drags himself away before the NYPD can find him, but Mayer comes to take revenge for her father's murder. Clint finally makes it home to his family with Kate and Lucky the pizza dog in tow. Former S.H.I.E.L.D. agent Laura gets her watch back as the Barton family celebrate Christmas together and settle in to watch the mid credit song from the fantastical, magical Rogers the Musical. <laughs> they could do this all day. Yes. <laughs> they really could. Yeah, that <laughs> So could I, to be stuck honest. stuck in my head for quite a long time, I think, after this, uh, after this show. <laughs> it, it, yes, uh, the ending was spectacular and I enjoyed it, but there should have been a second one. I feel, I feel like we're missing out. I like the tease of, ooh, this is coming. And Rogers the Musical was fun, but it's not a, unless they're going to actually release Rogers the Musical, 
the whole show mm. and series, I'm like, eh. Quick question, Chris. Did you like the shawarma post credit scene? It was the original in the event, yeah. the Avengers Assemble? Yeah, I did. Of course. Yeah. I S- love same thing. About as meaningful as, as the Rogers one, I guess. That's true. That's my view. That is true. Fair point. Yeah. Fair. But that, that was one of the originals. So that was like phase one. We weren't trained to expect. Mm-hmm. We are we are basically Pavlov's dog, the audience, <laughs> right now. <laughs> it's like they ring the bell of the post credit scene of the the credits, and we expect a post credit scene. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, the last post credit scene that we got on a live action Marvel show was the announcement that Loki was getting a season two. So no season two announcement uh, for no. Hawkeye on this episode. Uh, that may be added to it in a week's time. That used to happen in, the, in on old shows as well. Um, in the past that we've covered uh, but this is the kind of outro to it and I think you're right John it's a fun closing credit scene similar to the Iron Man 3 scene with Tony Stark talking to uh, to Bruce Banner a pointless useless scene at the end of a show but of a, a bit of fun yeah a fun one laugh, for a, a Christmas series exactly, so, exactly. Yeah. will we get into our points let's do it because we can do this all di- no we can't we've actually got a tight deadline so we let's move do. on we, cer- <laughs> we certainly do Christmas is calling uh-huh. let's get into our top five arrow points with arrow point number one Eleanor threatens Fisk yes yeah, I think we should um, start off here I um, think so yeah she uh, has got uh, dare I say it um, nerves kahunas and nerves of steel that mm-hmm. um, you know she is effectively drawing that line in the sand yeah. um, I will do many things for you Mr. Fisk but I am not going to take out my own daughter um, yeah. and fair enough to her she has prepared she does have her sort of evidence her insurance policy not that that really matters no. with Kingpin um, he is pretty determined um, but you know, just starting this episode with the Kingpin, mm-hmm. that scene, um, and also then following that through with the scene with Maya and Kazi with him. Wow. I just, you know, we were talking about this in the last episode yeah. about are they even going to have him in this final episode? And boy, did they have him in this final episode and to some extent put him really front and center he is so good, um, as always, is Vincent uh, D'Onofrio. Absolutely, yeah. They, uh... But he's going to Hawaii. I have that that one <laughs> dress code at the end. I was like, it, it, is he in costume? Um, why is he dressed in a Hawaiian shirt? <laughs> if you're going to wear a white suit, you're going to have to jazz it up a bit. Get a bit of style underneath it as well, right? So, uh, so I, I love that Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> I'm not too. I'm not too sure. And apologies, um, any Hawaiian listeners, but I don't know whether a Haw- Hawaiian shirt is necessarily style. I mean, it's cool. I I would have liked to have seen him in his sharp, crisp suits that we yes. saw. Um, or e- even with the white, but being sharp and crisp. But it is ultimately a Christmas series. So I get the Hawaiian shirt. And it's <laughs> yeah. kind of in festive red, wasn't it? It was. Really? Yeah, so, it was. It, yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. it made sense. Um, and also, there was a, a great little video from Vincent D'Onofrio um, announcing his return for the final episode, thanking everybody for waiting for the return of his character, which I thought was really good. That feels a little uh, a little overconfident from Vincent D'Onofrio that this is why you've been watching the series, waiting for my return. I loved it. It felt, felt really like uh, like the Kingpin character as well. Yeah. I, 
I was shocked. In the last episode, we discussed and we were coming up, okay, is he going to be just in the kind of, he'll, he'll be there for a split second, he'll be here. Like, the fact that he was on screen for a good 15 ma- minutes, maybe, oh, yeah. total of a hour, I was just, I'm like, okay, you got a full quarter, nearly 20 minutes out of, like, Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, including that, that end scene battle. Yeah. I was like, did not expect any of this yeah absolutely and also what's really good about this scene between Eleanor and Fisk is that she ties up all the kind of loose ends that we were talking about throughout the season all the things that we weren't 100% sure on she really ties up everything in that conversation with Fisk she explains that when Kate's father died they were left in massive debt that's the reason why she went to Fisk for help but he's been extracting that help from her for the last 20 years basically sorry last 10 years um, since the Battle of New York so uh, she's been in his pocket he's been constantly getting stuff out of her but i like that he kind of says but it's also been a good relationship for you you've also made your career on top of this which is which explains that conversation that she had with armand right in the first episode yeah he when he threatened to expose her for everything being built on this lie everything being built on this relationship with kingpin and also it was that her husband was in debt to him Mm -hmm. so in in essence she really had very very little choice but i guess once she dipped uh, her toe into the money that she could make she was willing to do anything until this this final moment yeah. the only thing i would say is i know yelena is an exceptionally good spy um but uh wilson fisk really does need to sort out uh, his security i mean unless she tapped into his own security system that effectively uh, a significant business meeting for the criminal underworld uh-huh. uh, was recorded quite so easily. It was, and, and so shared on mobile phones. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it could have gone viral. In in mm-hmm. a sense, Eleanor no longer needed her insurance policy because <laughs> it it could have been quite easily sent on to the NYPD. Yeah. Yeah, very much. I was I was just going that Elaine has great director of photography mm-hmm. skills. Just the, the, the placement of the camera, the angle, it's just top notch. I I loved this. I loved that they they did they tied the bow on this. Mm-hmm. As much as I wanted, it is like okay, we're gonna drag things out. We'll get a season two where the big battles will happen. To make it as condensed into this hour and what two minutes, hour and three minutes mm. long episode. Uh, it was just, they fit a lot in, because this was the question we had last episode. How are they going to tie everything up? Mm. And I think from a kingpin, uh, from an Eleanor perspective, it's pre- they tied the bow, they signed the card, and they attached it to the present. Yeah, it was <laughs> It was all wrapped up quite nice. Yes, absolutely. And given that we've had five episodes where this threat of the kingpin was in the background, they really did establish him here in this episode as well. If you haven't yeah. seen Marvel's Netflix shows, if you haven't seen Daredevil with uh, kingpin in there, they really did establish him right here in just this scene where he lists out everything that's going on. The Ronin is running around the city, and Avenger is taking an outsized interest in our operation. Eleanor Bishop thinks she could quit like this is some kind of company, and Maya has turned on him. You know, that that whole kind of laydown of everything that's happened that it affects Wilson Fisk and then him saying to Kazi, I need to remind New York that this is my city. This is the city of the Kingpin. All there, presented amazingly by Vincent D'Onofrio, showing you 
the character that he is without needing to see anything more. It sets up exactly who he is in this world. Yeah, I mean, you you, you really get the sense here that with everything that has happened previously in New York with the Avengers and just their presence, Mm -hmm. that he has kept himself, you know, back from asserting himself. And now is the time... Uh, to to do that and um, to come back in and yeah. assert his authority on the city yeah. i thought you know i and again it's just to uh vincent d'onofrio's presence i love the scene with him and maya just you you know he does the little twitch of the the lip which seems yeah. to affect his eye there was that quiver in his voice when he says oh my maya when he he realizes that um, she has turned on him, mm-hmm. that she knows the information um, for for that decision by her and what must transpire to protect his interests. I think it's, it's only a small thing. The only thing I think I really missed here is, okay, we knew Maya was suspicious, mm-hmm. um, but effectively at the moment, it's just simply on that conversation she had with Clint from episode five. Exactly. and. I think maybe if there was any little room for a few more minutes here, it would have been to see how she found out. Um, because, um, you know, given the vengeance element here that was um, a quite a big thrust of the story, um, I, I think that would have really contextualized her meeting Kingpin, being nervous not to give too much away, but know that he's such a good read of people mm-hmm. uh, is the Kingpin. Um, it would have been nice to just see how she um, finally connected those dots um, because you didn't really get that sense here, um, to Um, be honest. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I I think that just at the kind of preview, it kind of put everything together into three lines (laughs) just to say, you know, Clint said to her, your boss wanted him dead and Cassie wasn't at at the meeting where her father got killed and she's put that together. I think that's that's just the kind of small leap that you need to take with the character. But we've said it before. Um, May is going off to her own series. We will be getting Echo series coming in the future on Marvel on Disney+. Plus. 2022, do you think? I hope not. I hope it's 2023. <laughs> Just because we have so much art in 2022? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Exactly. Uh, call me selfish, but um, I think we can just wait till 2023. Yeah. But it uh, is interesting. Like, we'll, we will talk a little bit more about Maya in the show uh, as we as we go on, but it'll be interesting to see how they lay down that character and give her a motivation for her own series um, as it gets there. I have a quick question before we move on. Mm-hmm. Is this our Daredevil Netflix um wilson fisk or was that a multiverse and this is just a similar wilson fisk in the mcu so i'm trying to i'm trying to establish in my head is this wilson is this the original wilson fisk from the netflix or is this just a a different multiverse multi-universe a different like was the netflix one in a different new york with the avengers that was slightly different that's and basically that one's still going over there, or as we theorized, or was that everything was theoretically connected with Netflix, and that was we just they never called the they called it the big event and the big green guy and all that. Yeah, I think this is I think this is definitely in the universe, the MCU that we know, and so was Marvel Netflix. Yeah. I think there's too many links to like, especially with Clint and Natasha here. It's in that that universe oh no sorry here. this one is yes the mcu i just meant was the is the wilson fist that we and daredevil that we saw is the defenders 
all of that, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, is that the MCU as well in your head now that we have Wilson Fisk? And it is to my, based on what we've seen in this episode, I believe it looks so. like our Wilson Fisk, yeah. I believe so. It is our, the same universe. All of it's the same universe. There is a way out for them um, in the future because we haven't seen Multiverse of Madness. We don't know how that will play out. We have seen Spider-Man No Way Home, but I don't want to spoil anything about that. Yeah. Because there are multiverses in the MCU now, it is possible that they could explain it away differently in the future. But right now, going by No Way Home, it would be impossible for Wilson Fisk to move over from the Netflix multiverse into our universe right now, going by what happened in, in No Way Home. And I don't want to spoil it for anybody because I know yeah. some people haven't seen it. I'm In my head, I'm saying what they can explain away is the Wilson Fisk we're seeing now is the Kingpin has been the same, but this Kingpin never took part in the events that we saw in Daredevil in Netflix. Mm-hmm. It was just they've been separate. And they, say, they go up to the same. That's how they can explain it away. I was just, he his mannerisms are so much the same. Yeah. Up until his dress sense. And that's where I went, <laughs> God, you're going to get me with this one. I don't know now. God, he's wearing Hawaiian, but he has the cane. Oh, anyway. But remember, the Marvel Netflix um, did shows did mention the attack on New York City. Yes. Uh, and certainly event. with Daredevil and, you know, it linked it into the, the property element of that yeah. criminal yeah. Um, operations that he was doing. But you but, see, the way, the way they can explain this away, of course, is that the multiverses are all different in a very minor ways. Like, as we had an ex- explanation in Loki, mm-hmm. if you turn up five minutes late for work, that creates a new multiverse. So, yeah. so absolutely, you could have an explanation that says... Kingpin is the same is the same Kingpin, except he didn't go the events of uh, go through the events of Daredevil. That is that is absolutely true. I don't think he moved over from a Netflix no, multiverse no, 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 no. to no. this universe. Um, but I think that there's a way that they can explain that away in the future. And as we've said many times before, Kevin Feige doesn't want to send twelve year olds who are watching Hawkeye yeah, over exactly. to Marvel Netflix to go and watch an 18's uh, show. So uh, so I'd say they won't make a canon or reference anything. So I think there's a, an explanation we can all get behind if they want to give it. Uh, but if you want to see more of the awesome bits that offer you, I'd highly recommend our listeners who are mostly over 18 uh, to go and, to go and watch that show if they haven't watched it. Already. Yeah, absolutely. Go watch that show and then go back and listen to three seasons of our blow-by-blow discussions on each episode. Exactly. Yeah. On the Defenders cast or back in all the way, tvpodcastindustries.com. It's all there. Absolutely. I think with that little gift uh, to our fellow defenders, (laughs) let us move on to arrow point number two. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, it is Yelena on the hunt and the LARPers to the rescue. Yeah, I think we need to get to a Christmas party. Um, None of us have had proper Christmas parties this year. So nice to see one on screen that even though it lasted five minutes is longer than the Christmas parties that any of the three of us have had. <laughs> this true, year, right? true. Well, yeah, I mean, normally I, I guess Christmas dues would disintegrate around arguments or whatever if it's a work <laughs> one. Um, this kind of did slightly disintegrate due to the fact that there was a sniper trying sending multiple bullets through the windows. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought it was really nice to see the LARPers here and um, being involved in um, the, the rescue. Yeah. I like that they did change their outfits as well, although I'm not entirely sure why 
all of a sudden people began to listen to them when they were wearing their their LARPA outfit. I, I get it. They look like superheroes. I thought maybe if they put on their fire suit and police uniform and so on, it could have been a nice, nice little nod to you know those emergency services mm, and people yeah. probably would have listened to them then i think it's um, one of those ones if you're exiting a building and you're rushing outside and then you see somebody dressed up in, in their kind of larper costumes you go hang on a second why is that guy there move go to the left you're suddenly listening to them you're paying attention to them because you see them in their outfits yeah or even and, santa and dwarf outfits well maybe know? but they do actually say Elf at the end of the episode outfits, they, they call out that uh, the larpers are now practically avengers <laughs> so, exactly. so they're putting on their costumes in the same way as everybody else. Love the little nod because remember back in episode one we had uh, Kate going to one of her mother's parties wearing a, wearing a full dress suit uh, going along because she wouldn't want to wear a dress. This time we see her in a dress and there's a really good reason for that because she has something planned for her, the big reveal of her outfit. I love that that was a nice touch of that. The minute I saw her going in the dress I was going, oh brilliant, what a great way to hide your dress, hide your, your new costume. Exactly. Uh, and we do get the new costumes. Yes. Finally. <laughs> It's not like we haven't seen them many times before in all of the promotional materials. It's on the posters, absolutely. Yep. Uh, but a good, a good reveal. At least they have them in the show. Again, you know, I, I made reference last week to uh, the original Daredevil, where we only saw the costume for that last uh, shot at the end of the season. We didn't see yeah. him in action until the second season in the costume. Whereas here, at least we get it about halfway through the episode, and we see them in their costumes throughout, which is good, yeah. right? Um, and Kate was as happy as we were. You wore it. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, they look great, didn't they? Yeah, you know, I have to. I have to say, they, they, from the the Elena battle and the Larpers, that that whole scene where they are running and the the windows are exploding, and there is that chase um, with Elena on the hunt, like the comic panel side scroll of yeah. um Kate and Yelena fighting. Mm-hmm. Literally that was a comic panel. Yep. And that was way it was designed that each each shot, each room was a different panel as it kind of ran through. And I was like, I've seen that before. That is Hawkeye. That is with like in my life as a living weapon. Mm-hmm. Of that was not obviously it wasn't Yelena there, but it was shot for shot. Like it was a fight like that as you followed the panels around the page. Yeah. As a choice. Yeah, it was really Beautiful. good. Beautiful. It was yeah. so it was so good, wasn't it? And I, you know, I, I love when they do things like this on a show and make sure that they have somebody sitting at their desk listening to the radio uh, while the fight's going on around them. I love I love when they make those little uh, choices to make it like a living world. It's not just a stylistic choice. Like I think uh, Agley's Hulk tried to do this, where uh, they tried to film it like comic panels. You know, it didn't yeah. it didn't work. This is where somebody really enjoys and is putting the fun into into that kind of shooting. Um, loved Yelena and Kate uh, against each other in the oh, lift. Thought yeah. it was absolutely hilarious. As, really good uh, comedy in it. Great action. Um, you just want to see these two together in their own TV show. Yeah, I just I just love the kind of fight between the two of them as Kate's trying to push every button to stop uh, Yelena going down down the lift, and Yelena's using every Black Widow skill to to stop her uh, in in that great style uh, of fighting between the two of them. Um, really, really good fun. But I love that Yelena decides just to get off at the next floor and uh, and jump outside the building and drop to <laughs> drop to the twelfth floor. Um, yeah, that was you know a really good choice. You kind of think, well, oh, she's messed up her plan. Oh no, Yelena. That always has another way around it. Uh, yeah. yeah. Then followed by Case as well, who yeah. tried to emulate that a little <laughs> less um, successfully. Yeah. And of course, you then have Clint also uh, 
jumping out of the the building as well and really uh messing it up uh as well yeah. but being caught by by the the christmas tree there and with a, a little owl absolutely very cute. an owl eye i guess <laughs> looking very at cute. him the, the biggest christmas tree in uh, in new york right i guess so i guess so. i think that's what that's what uh what Kate told Yelena to go and visit when she was in New York was the, uh, big, the biggest yes. Christmas tree, and at least that's what Clint took his kids to uh, earlier yeah. on in the in the season. It is well. spectacular when you see it. Yeah, it, like I, I've seen it a few like, once now. Uh, actually, I've seen it twice in one trip in New York, and it was like when you see it in the during the day, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, that's pretty. When you see it like it is lit up at night, you're like, oh wow, yeah, very cool. Um, I again, the banter between the two of them makes me want a Hawkeye and Widow series for these two um like just the i love what you did there with the with the the keyboard and like and the backflip like or sorry it was the oh, i can't remember the exact words it was along those lines it was like when yelena is essentially commenting how great kate is and the back no 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 and yeah to be fair she grabs a mouse and whips a mouse around mm-hmm. to capture yelena for a second yeah Really good. And I love the kind of banter between Kate and Yelena where Kate says to her, we should go and get a drink trying to distract her from her mission. And Yelena goes, yes, of course, directly after I kill Clint Martin. <laughs> really good. Uh, one final note on the LARPers. I love the comedy of them trying to guide people out of the building and uh, and then realizing nobody's listening to them at all. I love the kind of the idea of going, no, no, you just run around, hands above your head, screaming, that's fine. <laughs> Completely ignore us uh, because we're not in our firefighter and police uh, police officer uniforms. At least we do know Jacques will now become a LARPer going forward. He is going to be maybe their swordsman. I was like, oh, that's how they get him. Because let's talk very quickly. Jacques single-handedly takes out like six of the tracksuit mafia with a sword. Yes. Quite proficient. I was like. I'm I'm down for this. Yeah, 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 you go, sir. A loss of death. I was trying to work out what he was what he was fighting against. Like he he had his sword, and they're not going to show blood. They're not going to show him cutting people's arms off. But he was he seemed to be fighting baseball bats with his yeah. sword. Is is that is that something you can do? Would your sword not get stuck in the baseball bat? Or he is an excellent swordsman. He, he is just he's slicing slivers off there. It's, <laughs> it's just like zing zing. Yeah, I. I kind of just thought he was sort of doing the 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 slash flourish across their their bodies. So I I, I guess ultimately they did bleed out. So um, I expect this. I I expect the the skating rink at the Rockefeller would turn a festive red. To be honest, mm. um, well, it was up on the pavement, so we'll say it's a mix of a beautiful grey red sparkle. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> to go with the Christmas tree. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Uh, uh, Who needs tinsel when you have intestines? Well, there you exactly. go. That's a, that's a pretty gruesome Christmas tree there, Chris. <laughs> that, yeah, that does sound like a horror one. Uh, there is also a great moment between the Tracksuit Mafia and Kate as well, which I really liked, um, where we do have the uh, the member of the Tracksuit Mafia that Kate helped with his uh, relationship problems um, coming back and thanking Kate while she's beating him up and putting him yeah. on the ground, uh, where the eventual resolution is that they went to Maroon 5 instead, uh, instead of going to the original concert that he wanted to go to. They went to a concert that both him and his partner wanted to go to. Yes, Maroon 5, saving relationships for a decade. There you go. <laughs> but a nice little a nice little joke there uh with with that kind of um final scene before we get into the epic showdown at Rockefeller Plaza um before the eventual arrival of thousands 
of members of the Tractor Mafia. <laughs> on our final it hour point number like three, that. the final showdown at Rockefeller Plaza, I think. Let's get on there. Yes, it did feel a bit like thousands. It felt like literally every truck was opening to a, like an army of goons <laughs> running out. Yeah. It was a bit like... Where did all these men come from? <laughs> I know. Um, I suppose if, you, if you're Wilson Fisk and you've got a whole team of people running everything in New York, you're going to have to have thousands, right? You're going to have to have a lot of people. I guess so, but it, it did seem to be like wave after wave mm. of tracksuits. It was video uh, game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or it was um, like The Hand in, in the Daredevil series, where, oh, uh, yes. where all you have to do is put a mask on and um, and then you can just have thousands of, uh, of people saying, members of The Hand, that's the way they do it in here. Yeah. But I mean, there were a lot of elements here and which are, you know and it all came together really nicely what with yes the the hordes of tracksuit mafia descending on on clint and kate but also just everything around that as well i think with yelena and clint on on the ice rink and mm-hmm. where clint is able to finally get through to her with their secret whistle which was was, was really nice I, i'm glad that I wasn't expecting it to end any other way, but I, I'm glad that it resolved how I hoped that it was going to resolve. Yeah. I think... Um, and, isn't it, and isn't it really important, you know, again, we, we talked about it this year, that uh, that Black Widow has took so long to get released. It eventually got a release um, earlier on this year, but how important it was for that to have been released before this show, because it makes no sense otherwise. Um, that yeah. that movie starts and ends effectively with the whistle uh, to show the connection between Yelena and Natasha. So uh, really important that that would have been shared with Hawkeye uh, because of his relationship with Natasha. And also a great callback to a lot of people who defended the death of Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow in, in Endgame. A lot of people were talking about it going, but if you put the two of them up, against each other hawkeye versus black widow black widow would win a hundred times out of a hundred and that's exactly what clint says there's nothing i could do to talk her down when she had chosen to sacrifice herself but it came down to a battle between the two of us and she won because of course she would yeah yeah interestingly it would be you know given the end credit scene from the uh, from the black widow movie Mm -hmm. um how now does that affect val given mm-hmm. val recruited jelena around that notion mm-hmm. that it was clint barton's fault and and she's now gotten the truth of the situation of mm-hmm. what happened now she was looking for that as well but given that val has effectively um set her up probably on false pretenses it for her own means then um you know that would be interesting potentially to to come out of the wash somewhere in one of the other uh, series that we have or movies. So that that again, it, it's just you know there's some nice little threads that you could see paying off uh, down the line, which yeah. is it is really nice for this series to set some of those up. And um, like Yelena and Kate Bishop, and yeah. um, yeah. you know that's all I think really nicely done and uh, you know from from this series. Absolutely. And that's one of the big battles that we get in this kind of final showdown. We have to talk about it. This series is Hawkeye. This series is all about a man with trick arrows. We have to talk about this relationship with Kate and Clint reaching this point that both of them are now partners. Uh, Clint specifically says it to her. She was saying, get out of town. I'll deal with this. This is my mom's fault. I'll sort it out. Clint finally says to her, no, you're my partner. I'm staying until this is done. And sort of the day. Exactly. There was a bit of an awe moment, wasn't it? It was. Um, It was really good. But together they build the brand new trick arrows he teaches kate how to do it effectively so uh, so in this final showdown we see him using 
every single type of arrow. Him and Case both using every single type of arrow, I think, that the whole team behind the production could come up with. There's some great stuff. We see some Star Tech in there with the uh, with the magnetism um, arrows. I believe mm-hmm. that's the Star Tech one, uh, which uh, which takes all the guns out of the uh, out of the situation. Really smart move. Uh, yeah, like that. we have another Pim arrow as Pim. well with the um, with the 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 miniaturization of the trusted bro vehicle, mm-hmm. and which is then you know we taken off by uh the owl yes again i'm glad to... the owl came back i was i was worried it got killed in the uh in the tree yeah I, so I wonder how it will dismember the the tracksuit bros um from from the truck well, i guess it was yeah. getting a meal i think they're probably rolling up their windows um, <laughs> sure can't get inside but how terrifying would that be to be that would be pretty terrifying <laughs> it's also that guy who lost his leg when it was frozen yes i know the quick yeah. freeze that was like you basically just amputated a guy's leg yeah. there, by the way, folks. Uh, kind of like Terminator 2. I was expecting yeah. his leg just to sort of crack off. And mm-hmm. um, yeah. I wonder, though, you know, if they have been subjected to pin particles and maybe they are eaten by the owl, is there a situation where if the owl suddenly just exploded because the leg is, is reanim- you know, reanimated to the original size mm. if it comes in contact with pin particles i guess it never would but i just thought hopefully the owl will actually leave them alone i'd say after a period of time it we it reconstitutes to its original size so it is only a matter of time if that owl eats anything see that's the thing i think the ant-man movies are the ones i've watched the least so i just don't know the rules of when you use pin particles do you stay at that size because we know um oh no the the no, you're right. You're yeah. right. I think because we know the keychain, the tank has been that for years. We don't know is the answer, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Remember, he had the box of cars and all of them were shrunk down to yeah. the size of matchbox cars. Yeah. So they stay there until you use another pin particle. Yeah. So these three miniaturized guys may come back in a post credit scene in a, a show you know, five years time, they've been living oh, that would be quite as awesome. tiny people yeah. for for uh, for a decade or something. That'd be fun. Exactly, it's all miniature bros. Yeah. Bro, 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 bro. <laughs> Literally, is the perfect Disney Plus animated show. All these little animated bros. Hey, bro, we're gonna go get it. It's like Chippendale Rescue Rangers, but Bro Dale Rescue Bros. Yeah. You know, hey. weirdly, the uh, the subtitles on Disney Plus for when they were getting dragged away by the uh, by the L said children screaming, and I was going, "What's happened? To them? <laughs> <laughs> What's happened to them? That's really bizarre." Uh, anyway, yes. Uh, so we see the use of all of the arrows here. Really it good scene, and this is exactly epic. how you do a Hawkeye TV yeah. show. You don't have yeah. just them shooting arrows into people, although Kate did. Uh, hit quite a lot of people with the plane arrows um i think a lot of a lot of bros won't be going home or at least be going to the hospital after that uh, after that fight but uh, but yeah some great use of the trick arrows and, and great use of incorporating all the technology that we've seen throughout these movies as well yeah and we get the the iconic over the shoulder without looking shot from clint barton mm-hmm. just once again showing he is the master yeah. she may be an apprentice and may be coming a journeyman mm-hmm. uh, in her or intermediate user she is not as advanced as the master yes yes she may eventually become better than him but she's not right now uh, so he's still got that style very very cool uh, also really nice to hear case actually verbalize exactly why hawkeye is her hero i thought that was really nice for him to hear oh, um, yeah that was really cool he said in the past he's just a killer that's why he was able to take on the mantle of ronan that's all he is he shouldn't be inspirational to anybody and her verbalizing it to him saying that 
I was scared. I saw you and you jumped off a building without even looking and you can't even fly. You know, you're my hero. You're the person that inspired me not to be scared in these situations. I thought it was a really good moment between the two. And in this episode, she jumps off a building. Yes, she does. Without being able to fly. Yes, she does. Yeah. yeah. It was uh, very good. Like, they, they did all this. So then there's going to be another little girl who was at the party looking up at Kate going, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's that really douchey lad who was trying to get Jack's <laughs> wine. Oh, uh, maybe yes, uh, Duquesne the seventh or something yeah, like that. Exactly, yeah, Armand exactly. Duquesne the seventh, I think. Yes, that's right. That's Put it. me down. Do you know who I am? <laughs> Loved it just as he was being carried away. Put me down. Yeah, really good fun. But also as well here, then we have a number of other different components. Mm-hmm. We have Maya and Carzi coming to blows, yes, we do. which I quite liked as well. This idea, you know, using. Um, the, the same kind of, uh, language as Maya's, uh, father had done about being in two worlds. And mm. um, yep. he, he can't walk the, the straight life that he is and has been born, um, into and lives and is a part of intrinsically the criminal underworld. So yep. he can't just up and leave like she's asking him to do, but she is giving him that chance for a, a way out that yeah, she yeah. leave this all behind i think you know deep down maya is absolutely clear in her own mind that it was the kingpin's decision not as such Carsey's, and she knows you know how forceful he is so she does try and give him that way out to mm-hmm. come with yeah. her but ultimately, um, he is unable to to do that. You know, he has to do what that. Yeah. There's a, an element of fate there. So, uh, but Kazi again gets um, gets stabbed by a, a, an arrow um, in, yep. into into the gut. Uh, yeah, but remember, he did try and kill her first with it. So it wasn't that yeah. she picked it up. So at oh, least absolutely. it was twisted on him. Yeah. But that's what I wondered about the conversation. There is something in the conversation that just didn't. I, I just wasn't one hundred percent sure of whether it was jealousy of him saying I was supposed to take over the tracksuit mafia when your father was killed was that the deal because we talked about that earlier on in the season where that's supposed to be the deal with Kingpin that he would have her father killed and then he'd take over he says to her this was never supposed to be your life this was my life yeah. And I don't know whether it was jealousy from him, as I say, that, that that she took over the leadership because it was her father or whether he was saying you were supposed to be protected from this life. I think it's both probably to an element, but it certainly came across for me as being more because of how um, I, I, I guess that relationship and how she had been kind of protected by her father that there was an element of that still, but I, yeah. I think it's probably a little bit of both, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. I, from think it would, I think it would help if we knew how involved Maya was in the tracksuit mafia before her father died. I'm just not too sure. I know she turned up to his uh, to his place of work effectively to find him being killed by Ronan, but I just wasn't sure of whether um, she was involved in the tracksuit mafia or not uh, early on. I think it would help if we knew that. Maybe we'll see that in her own show. No, very much so. Definitely. I, I think this is the, the bit that probably just lacks that little bit of extra... Um, screen time for yeah. for me around Maya uh, her making that link looking to uh, and why she was choosing to sort of bring Kazi along with her yeah. and also his um his, his skin in this game you know yeah. exactly yeah. W- where he he lies on this exactly i i think what we'll see we'll see that in echo i think that she i think both 
Uh, I think Fisk and Kazi will be back in Echo. Maybe. Um, <laughs> in, in both senses, because Kazi will, in the comic books, has a different look altogether. Um, and I think potentially they'll bring that look more comic accurate in a future place. Okay. Um, but we'll see. He looked pretty dead, mm-hmm. but you never know. Much like comic books. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No one is truly dead until you put them in a funeral and uh, put their uh, heart uh, on a floating barge and put it out to sea, much like Tony Stark. Exactly, right now, Tony Stark and, uh, and Natasha Rockenhoff are the only two uh, dead people in the entire MCU at this yes. stage. Um, there is the one final battle, and I'm so glad it happened, um, this battle between Kate and Kingpin. Yeah, you you forget how much of a boss level he is and what yeah. damage he can take because he took a lot of damage there, like being run over, mm-hmm. um, significant amounts of uh, an arrow right into the chest, yep. and yep. the fight in the toy store with with Kate, mm-hmm. and presumably a gunshot. We don't know for sure, but certainly one did ring out. Whether it was directed at the heart of Kingpin or the forehead of Kingpin, we don't really know. Or, or whether it was just a point-break um, type moment from, mm. from Maya. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like the conversation of your we're family um, felt like she may just shoot up into the air. But again, the accidental killing of Kazi, uh, which is what it felt like. It felt like she was fighting with him for the arrow and stabbed him during that kind of accidental way which killed him i feel like she wasn't intent on killing kingpin yeah. it was interesting that they cut away and and uh, and we hear the sound of the bullet um partly you would never show someone getting shot in the head on the on a tv show especially not at disney plus um but it also gives them an out if they want to bring back but yeah, exactly. yeah. it gives them an out to say uh, right we'll just shoot that from a different angle <laughs> well i did think it was fun- funny just simply because if if it was the case, you're like, you've only just brought him back. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. That's well. Look, um, they, there's a reason that they they he is alive. Um, this battle between Fisk and Bishop in the toy store just for me, like, really solidified Kate's worth mm-hmm. as yeah. an Avenger, yep. as a potential future Avenger, uh, and uh, solidified her role within the MCU. She stood toe-to-toe with a man who got, as you said, run over, multiple arrows in the chest, mm-hmm. one direct arrow in the chest, multiple other arrows, and kind of trick arrows and things like that, and still kept on going. Yeah. Like, he picked, one-handedly picked her up and flung her through multiple pieces yeah. of wood. Like, he is a beast, as you said, boss level level. Yeah. Like, I- and and Clint gives her props, you know, that you came out the other side of an encounter with Kingpin. Yeah. You held your own. You managed to sort of neutralize him. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, like even from the 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 Meister, um, of, of Hawkeye, you know, yeah. he's he's giving her the the props for that. And um, so, yeah, really good, absolutely. And then the final resolution of the hero story here that we have for Kate Bishop. Not only is she able to go toe to toe with a massive villain like Kingpin on her own best him um unfortunately the cops don't pick him up because he's able to get out of there but did love the the moment where she was able to activate the arrow heads to take him out i thought that was a a great use because he'd already snapped the arrow so she couldn't use them the way she normally could but the final resolution of her story is she's realized her mother is the villain 
and she called in her as the murderer of Armand the third and let her mother be taken away uh, on Christmas Eve uh, to prison uh, for the murder. Yeah, Merry uh, Christmas. Yeah, well, you know, the, the pleading from her mother going, is this what heroes do, send their mothers to prison? Well, yes, they do, if their mothers yes. are criminals. That's the that's the response that Kate <laughs> doesn't need to say. But, um, but yeah, that, that's the resolution of her arc, effectively. She is willing to do exactly what she needs to do to prove that she is the hero. As an origin, it's not a bad one. Great one. Like, this six-episode series, Origin of Kate Bishop, have to say, as an ending arc, as a conclusion to this, it's pretty darn good. It is. Like... We, we, it, it's, you, you basically see with the power comes the responsibility. I'm not going to say great power and great responsibility. Yeah, d- different property. And, different property. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, different IP. Those lines are owned by Sony now, Chris. Um, yeah. uh, true, true, true. Um, but you can't leave your major character without a family on Christmas Day, yes. even though she has sent off her mother to prison and her father's definitely dead now, confirmed in this episode. <laughs> uh, Jacques did have a little bit of a connection with her um, there. He did, he did defend her in in the episode so there will be a relationship with them in the future but exactly as we predicted for the first episode Kate is invited to the dinner table of the Bartons uh, back at Casa del Barton or uh, the Barton farm Um, he doesn't make it home in time for Christmas I would argue but he's back on Christmas day and they just start Christmas day a little later than they would have done if he'd arrived but we don't know what time it's it's daytime so it could be 7am Christmas day yes Wherever they are in the middle of nowhere where the farm is, we know it is maybe it's early, early sunrise, early daylight. So it's like 8 a.m. We'll call it 8 a.m. Christmas morning. Yeah, he makes it back in time. And, and yes. you know, with, with Kate and uh, Lucky with his actual name, Lucky the Pizza Dog, um, getting his name yeah. from uh, from Grills uh, last episode, uh, officially is there with them all. So, um, so yes, yeah, so we've, we've created this family unit uh, effectively with, with Kate Bishop allowed to come along. He's also giving his son a Nerf gun. Of course he is. Which he's always wanted. I'm like, for a man who's like constantly surrounded by weapons, do you kind of like, are you going to train your <laughs> yeah, son exactly. in weaponry? I'd be like, ah. I, you'd expect that he'd just like, here's a flower. I know. It's how early do you start them? Because he's already started his daughter. She's well trained uh, in arrow work. So it's how early was he going to start his youngest son? Uh, hey, I, that is a, that's a, it's a like a difference between arrow and a gun. Yeah. <laughs> and I I did wonder what the kids must feel because you know they're kids, so I guess they're a little bit kind of selfish. Going, but we just wanted our family. Yeah. Now we've uh, got oh <laughs> uh, we've got um we've got this Kate Bishop that we've got to entertain. It just no. needs to be us. So once slob but he brought on, a dog. He well, brought a dog. Yeah, the dog. The yeah, that is true. That was the distraction. Yeah, definitely. So, should we talk about the ten million dollar uh, Rolex in the room? I'd rather not. I'm trying to trying to ignore that uh, because I the know. episode went from pretty much a ten out of ten for me to about a seven out of ten just with this moment. So, I'm trying to ignore it. But yes, we get confirmation here. Uh, Laura is a former Shield agent. The uh, designation on the back of the watch is nineteen. Uh, agent nineteen is sadly the designation of Bobby Morse, aka Mockingbird, uh, who has been seen for two to three wonderful seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And now we have a new actress playing her in here. They, I guess, could argue it away that they've just recast her. Um, but it's a bit unfortunate this does seem to put the nail in the coffin of Marvel TV's Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. that it takes place in the same universe as the rest of the MCU. I hate this. Absolutely hate this choice. They had so many options. Uh, could have sorted it out just simply 
the Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. sign on the back with Laura written on it. That's Laura Brown from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, that could have resolved it, but for some reason they wanted to say she's Agent 19, Bobby Morse. I can't imagine her ever taking up the mantle. I can't imagine seeing her in the outfit, leaving her kids behind and going out fighting in, in the MCU. So I, I don't know why they made this choice. I think it's possible that they'll argue that it's a codename. They, they could, they potentially, in the future, the out is... Well, the two outs. One, multiverse, which is now always a possibility. Two, it's um, essentially it's a designation. There have been, there are multiple Agent Nineteens, and it's not Bobby Morse. She is yeah. a Agent Nineteen. This is Laura Agent Nineteen. I can't, I can't see it. I think the, the no. I think the way that they will choose to do this is say that Agents of Shield took place in a multiverse unconnected to the main MCU, which is a sad choice. Well, yeah, exactly. And, and I mean, the thing is, that's the problem with the multiverse now. It, it, it is, it's just used as an out. And I hope it doesn't just get to that point where, where, where they can just use it to do any old random nonsense. But like this, I mean, the yeah. thing is as well, I'm even just slightly unsure as to the importance of this watch now. And um, whatever about it being her own personal item, mm. but why were the tracksuit mafia going after it? Was it simply because Maya, thought that Ronan must have been Hawkeye, but I don't think that's been clear through the season. So this this watch has been a little bit of um, a, a red herring, I think, actually, and um, or MacGuffin, whatever you want to yeah. call it, which kind of has ultimately led to um, the situation where it is a designation for Bobby Morse, a.k.a. Mockingbird, and the ramifications for Derek personally of that and, and, and all Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Fans. and all Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. fans as well I mean I you know I would rather than starting to draw in multiverses or this that and the other I would simply just want to say it's like 007 um, as we saw in No Time to Die that like you said Chris this is a just someone else that's taken on Agent 19 because um, yeah. Mockingbird ha- has has moved away from that. But mm. yeah. alas, yes, that's probably not how it works in Marvel. Um, well, remember, S.H.I.E.L.D. So. doesn't exist, so this is an old Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. that would have happened at the same time as Bobby Morris being Agent of uh, Agent 19 at the time. Um, the one benefit I could see, potentially we will see the character of Laura back in the future, and maybe the next time we see Kate, maybe if there is a season two of Hawkeye starring Kate Bishop, that she teams up with Laura instead and leaves Clint behind to take care of the kids. Uh, maybe that's the way you do a season two of uh, of Kate Bishop Hawkeye. So I do think they may do a season two. And I think now that they've they've teased Agent 19, I think she will be she will be a face and there will be a flashback or there'll be something now. They they've they've teased enough with this. Um and this was additionally a bit where I was hoping with an Easter egg, but it's not there. But we do get the end of one superhero anti-hero um the ronin is no more mm-hmm. it's official yeah. ronin has been barbecued um barbecued filleted uh roasted yeah. uh much like chestnuts on an open fire these are ronins on a uh barbecue um yeah that, that, that's gone now although we do get the birth of Lady Hawk? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think she's going to just become Hawkeye. I think that was exactly what Clint was saying. Nobody else is using the title. You might as well use it. Uh, so hopefully we'll, we'll get Hawkeye Kate Bishop in the future. Yes. Excellent stuff. I think that's it for our discussion about the episode. Uh, we do have to take our podcast off to get taken care of for uh, for Christmas. So I know John has to leave us pretty soon. Uh, but let's wrap up the episode the way we usually do. Did this episode 
Stick the landing, John. Do you defend? Hawkeye, episode six. So this is Christmas. Uh, yes, I do defend this episode. I give it four explosive eggnogs out of five. <laughs> um, I I just thought it was a nice wrap-up. I think there were some elements that were missing for me, certainly around uh, Maya. Uh, it, it feels that that just didn't quite um, have it, it, its its own section, uh, um, whereas Eleanor's story was wrapped up really nicely and everything around that. Um, I, I, I think... Um, just a little bit more for me uh, on on that, but I love the action. I love the big showdown at the Rockefeller Plaza. Um, I love the um, the the resolution between uh, Yelena and, and Clint. I thought that was spot on. I think that yeah. that's the only way it should have ended, and, and they they got that. Whatever about the watch um, and Agent Nineteen, to me, it it, it felt a little superfluous. Ultimately, in the end, as to what that really meant, and it wasn't really clear, and I think it probably is just a red herring. But, um, you know, maybe it's the watch for her friend. Um, so it could be that. Maybe that's why. Um, I don't know. Um, but let's hope that uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, remains firmly planted in the MCU. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved Vincent D'Onofrio being so integral to this as well. Um, I Maybe you could argue just because of how he plays Kingpin, I guess our sort of nostalgia and of, of Daredevil on Marvel Netflix, it took slightly away from Kate and, and Clint, but I really liked uh, Kate and Clint as well in, in this. It felt oh, yeah. it cemented their partnership. It, it was it was said by Hawkeye, uh, and I really can't wait to see Kate Bishop um, back uh, running around, firing arrows, um, and killing more people at street level on another religious festival. I think that would be um, maybe we can move it to Easter next yeah. time. Um, and there could be a bit of death uh, at Easter as well. But I, I love this um, as a, a final Christmassy episode of a Christmassy series. I do defend this with four explosive eggnogs out of five. Chris, do you defend Hawkeye episode six? I really enjoyed this. I thought it was... Um, did it stick the landing? Yes. But much like Leanna, it was a superhero landing and it was like, ew... Um, I really enjoyed it. it. It was really good, but there was these one or two threads that just felt a bit too, too wrapped up, too much in a bow. I think okay. it could have been expanded across two episodes, maybe, because it was just a quick, slightly rushed, even though it was an hour. I think that probably says more that I just want to spend more time with these characters. Mm. Um, I want to spend more time with, Yelena, I want to spend more time with, and I've known that since Black Widow, but Kate Bishop and Jeremy Renner as Clint Barton. Um, I want to see it all. I also want to see Maya. I think the whole Maya storyline, I think, was rushed because we know there's a definitive series, six episodes probably coming uh, in the future. So that's going to be explored there. I mm-hmm. just, we don't know when Hawkeye will return. Uh, and I mean that both with Kate Bishop Hawkeye and Clem Barton Hawkeye, and even in this case, Yelena. Um, it could have done with post credits. It could have done with very much, uh, like Hawkeye will return in 
2022, blah, blah, blah. It could have done with that just as enough that we know there is a future for these characters because of right now, we don't. I think that's somewhat from a contained story. It was good, but it just left me with going, I want to see more. And that is the problem. It's a good problem. Don't get me wrong. Mm. It still just felt to me like it was just like, here's your Christmas present and it's this amazing toy, but there's no batteries included. So it's that kind of like, oh, it was just, I, I really enjoy this. I just, I, was it that bad? No, yes. no. It, okay. Let's say, sorry, batteries were included, but they only had like 20% of life. Okay. There you go. So it was running out soon, too soon. And I want to play with them more. So there you go. I So yes, I enjoyed it. I really did. It was just much like Yelena Superhero Landing. Oh, no. It's just, <laughs> hey, it's on point. But Derek, what did you think of this finale of Hawkeye Season 1? Hopefully of 2. So it is Christmas. It's a really interesting point you make, actually, Chris, that, uh, that this is the only one of the four live-action shows that we've had this year that hasn't ended with... Um, something's going to happen in the future. Yeah. We had Vision flying off one way. We had Wanda um, leading us into the multiverse of madness back in uh, WandaVision. We had um, Captain America and the Winter Soldier leading into the Captain America and the Winter Soldier movie coming up. We have uh, Loki saying we're getting a season two and the show ended and had a dance sequence uh, afterwards to say, to say, this is the end of the Hawkeye story. This is how it all wraps up. Um, and I think it is. I think this is the end of Clint Barton's story. I think that's it. It's over. We don't get a resolution, despite the jokes. We don't get a resolution that Kate Bishop is going to become Hawkeye in the future. She may just keep the name Kate Bishop. It isn't It isn't definitive that she will be Hawkeye in Hawkeye Season 2. But what it did do and what it really did accomplish, I was joking earlier on about the episode being a 7 out of 10 because of the Agent 19 reveal. It absolutely wasn't. This nailed the landing completely for me. This closed off the story resolved everything for every major character yeah. in the show. We know May is coming back in her own series in the future, so I can accept that her story was a little bit rushed because we may get that expanded in the future. We now have a cast of characters that they can draw on. We'll see the Tracksuit Mafia hopefully back in that show, or we won't. She maybe she she seemed like she was running off. She filled up her bag and was about to leave the city effectively. So uh, she may be going off on a completely different adventure. But everything else in the show as the credits rolled, had been resolved. We we have a really good story here. And I always say, if you're going to tell a story, don't tell the story for what will happen in season five. Tell the story that you can tell yeah. to the best of your ability by the end of that story. Um, Marvel, when it's done something bad in the past, it's because they've tried to lead into something that will happen four or five years down the line. I'm glad they chose to resolve this in this six-episode series for Clint Barton's Hawkeye and resolve his story, finish it up, and they can go whatever way they want to in the future, which I, I really like. Yeah, that's true. And wonderful to see Vincent D'Onofrio back, of, of course, course. Uh, in this episode. So great to see Yelena in here. Banter with Kate was fantastic. Um, loved it, and I'm really hope hoping we're going to see her in future. And as John mentioned, I'd love to see how that resolves what's happening with Val. You know, we... Uh, understand from this season that Yelena seems to have taken on the role of a higher killer and that Val came to her with this contract for Clint Barton. She hasn't resolved that contract. So what ha what happens? How will that play out in future? That'll be uh, really interesting to see. But overall, loved this. Thought it was one of the best shows we've seen this year yeah. uh, on the Marvel side. Definitely uh, really well resolved. With that said, before you go, John, do you want to give your final pub quiz question for 
The season of Hawkeye. Yes, fellow quizzers, fellow defenders, let's hope you have hit the target with the five questions so far, but it is episode six, so it is question six. What colour coat was Yelena wearing when she arrived at the party at the mm. Rockefeller Centre? Yes, before she revealed her own superhero outfit underneath it. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> do, you want, do you want to give it one more time? Absolutely. What colour coat was Yelena wearing when she arrived at the party at the Rockefeller Centre? That's at- it. That's all the questions for Hawkeye Pub Quiz for the season. Get those, in- those answers into us at feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com before the 31st of December and on our wrap-up podcast. We will be uh, awarding our goodies to the Hawkeye winner of the pub quiz. Yes. Right, John, say goodbye to uh, Podcat Charlie uh, for us. I will do. And also uh, to our fellow defenders, thank you for joining us in 2021. A big, big uh, Merry Christmas uh, and have a festive time with friends, family, relatives, uh, whoever you're spending your Christmas with. Um, and uh, looking forward to all the wrap-ups. Uh, there is the Wheel of Time as well. So as always, remember, keep watching, keep listening, and keep defending. And dare I say it, keep eggnogging over this festive period as well. <laughs> right. Bye, John. See ya. Bye. Bye. So let's move on to some feedback from our fellow defenders. They've either sent in to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com or they've gone over to the website where they've gone to tvpodcastindustries.com and left us a voicemail or they've headed on over to facebook.com slash groups slash tvpodcastindustries where we have the spoiler posts and they've left spoiler terrific discussion points there. First up, we have an email from Jerry on Hawkeye episode five. He had this to say, hey guys, episode five was amazing. Yelena blipped and we learn what she has been doing since. The bros are so fun. Run DMC should play every time they're on screen, bro. <laughs> Jack being arrested feels fake. I refuse to believe he will not get a sword fight in at least the last episode. I got a little emotional when Clint turned off his hearing aid to talk to Natasha at the Avengers Memorial. Yelena and Kate, very sexy couple together. Bros with weapons are such a bad combination. Echo realising her world is about to change. Look out, world. Here comes Echo, who was about to whoop that big apple. Will Echo become Ronin like she did in the comics? One final thing. Kingpin is coming. Kingpin is coming. Thanks, Jerry in Niceville. Thanks, Jerry. Yes, Kingpin did come. He did come all the way to this episode, and boy, did it. Uh, will Echo become Ronan? Uh, not mm. unless her seamstress skills uh, wants to kind of start... F- well, she can mimic anything, so potentially she just has to watch someone uh, in a sewing shop and boom, bish bash, <laughs> she has her own Ronan outfit. Like, it's a good call. I love the idea that she would take on the mantle of the person that killed her father. I love that idea that she would take that on and kind of take the reputation and carry that forward as a... Uh, uh, as a future way but yes you're right we see we see that uh that the ronan outfit itself has been burnt in this episode so uh so unlikely she'll become she'll be becoming ronan in future uh but some really good predictions there from episode five this came in um from jerry just after we'd recorded our last podcast so i couldn't uh, i couldn't put it into the episode itself but even predicting the fact that jock does get a, a sword fight in the episode okay i will say him getting out of prison that quickly made me want to slap him again because it's like, oh, rich people. He got, yeah. back, he got arrested for a murder of his uncle. No time to investigate at all. He's back out in the streets in time to go for a party. I think it's that night. 
Yeah. Um, he, he even says, you know, when he's being taken away by the cops, I'll be back out later today, you know? So, uh, so we didn't see any of that investigation at all. Um, and he's back out in the streets. Yeah. It just, it just felt like, oh, bought his way out of prison. Uh, there but thanks very much jerry good to hear your thoughts on the on episode five we also received an email in from suzanne nelson she says hi guys loved loved episode five of this show from the cold open scene with the black widow music and the whistle that the girls used to signal each other really pulled at those heartstrings all the way through to kingpin's reveal followed by you're a mean one mr grinch music at the end of the episode they have both the dramatic and comedic timing in this show on point Favourite scene was definitely the chat in Kate's burned out apartment. Not only was the banter flawless, but it's definitely left me wanting more of these two and hoping to see them fighting on the same side. It also vindicated my liberal use of hot sauce, usually Tabasco, on my mac and cheese, for which I've received endless crap about for years. <laughs> definitely my favourite episode of the show so far. Mele Kalikimaka and Hawale Makiki Ho. Happy New Year to all of you and Mahalo. Thank you for your awesome podcast from Suzanne Nelson. That's some Hawaiian uh, from Suzanne. Thanks so much, Suzanne. That's really nice of you. Mahalo to you too. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And Nola Conagwith, uh from us Irish speakers uh, on the podcast as well. Sure. I can't even say that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris, surely you can say Happy Christmas in Irish after all of these years you've you've lived in Ireland. <laughs> Do you get on Will Cadigum Gudi on Lechers? No, Chris. Nulig Hunnigwit. Nulig Hunnigwit. There you go. There you go. Especially for you, Suzanne. Uh, thanks so much. Yeah, great episode in episode five. Really good fun. Yes, thank you so much. We also received an email from Andrew Davis who had this to say. Good morning, Derek, John, and Chris. Before we get to the season finale of Hawkeye, I have a theory of what happened all those years ago with Clint Barton. What if... No, not what if Vanessa, Wilson Fisk's fiancé, got blipped. The kingpin is exactly the kind of person that would say, she is perfect, she did not deserve to be taken from me, from my existence. And then he found Hawkeye and convinced Clint that truly evil people deserve to die rather than he and Clint's loved ones. It would explain why Clint changed and how he harbored so much guilt. Take care, Andrew Davis. That's not a bad theory. It could it yeah. could happen. We do not see them together in this, so there potentially might be some connection in the future, but it would be more, he doesn't know that the Avenger is Ronan, so yeah, we would, uh, Ronan is still, his identity is anonymous at the end of this. That's right, yeah, that's the only kind of reference to that conversation. Yeah, that's a really good point, Chris. Um, I could see how it worked though, uh, Andrew. It's a really good, a really good theory, but, uh, but not played out in the episode, uh, unfortunately. But, uh, but thanks very much for sending us in your thoughts on episode five as well. Uh, one final email in on episode five before we get some feedback on episode six. Uh, Roberta Ritvo sent us an email to say, Dear Defenders, I just discovered your podcast for Hawkeye and I'm thrilled you're podcasting Wheel of Time too. I appreciate hearing about details I missed and connections I didn't make. One thing that's been bugging me is why Clint has two cell phones. Kate enters her number into a flip phone, which we see again in later episodes, but we also see that he has a smartphone. Given that almost every detail in the MCU shows and movies is meticulously planned, I've been waiting for this to be important, or at least explained. But so far, nothing. Did you guys notice it too? Assuming it's not explained in episode 6 either, what's your theory about this? Wishing you and all the Defenders a Happy New Year, Roberta. I read Roberta's email earlier on this week and was able to have time to formulate my theory. So I'll go first, Chris, in case you uh, you want to have a oh, I have a I have a, I have a theory. 
my theory is that um, do you remember there was a phone that Captain America left behind with Tony Stark, where Captain America could be reached at all times? Yep. I wonder if this is the Avengers phone they use a regular cell phone rather than a smartphone um, to be able to be in contact with uh, with each other. I wonder if that's the reason why he has it. Um, I also think Clint's not great on his uh, on a smartphone either, so I, I think he just keeps. He, he might also just keep two phones because <laughs> he's he finds it much easier to use old style cell phones i think it's glitchy that i think it's option one i think it is essentially work phone personal phone <laughs> work yeah. is the avengers phone personal is his family phone and that's really the difference that's it. it's like we've that's all it. we've all got those so he he should really get a dual sim phone um but there's no tony around to kind of help him with his tech tech, tech support anymore so He's got kids. They could they could sort that out. Weirdly, Chris and myself both uh, met uh, working at a mobile phone company, and it's one of those it's one of those weird things that you, that we've learned over the years that actually old style cell phones have much better signal yeah. than smartphones do. Um, they're you're able to keep in contact with people much easier than you would be able to with uh, with a smartphone because they're trying to do so much more with the computer in your hand um, now with smartphones than. Old phones used to be able to do with just making calls and receiving texts. So, uh, so a lot of our our sales agents used to carry an old style uh, cell phone along with a, uh, a smartphone, which I always thought was quite funny. God, I remember that. There you go. Uh, so good catch, Roberta, uh, which we haven't caught before. Exactly. And thanks so much for your email. Great that you found us, and I hope you're enjoying uh, the Wheel of Time podcast as well. I know, and we're getting episode eight this week. The finale of Wheel of Time is happening as well. We will be recording our thoughts on it later in the year, just because it mm-hmm. comes out Christmas Eve. We got to take a quick break with the family, but yeah. we will have it. So if you have any thoughts, Roberta, or any of the fellow defenders, make sure you send any feedback to feedback at tvpodcastindustry.com or pop on over to tvpodcastindustry.com and leave us a voicemail or anything there absolutely or go over to our facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tv podcast industries uh you can leave your thoughts on the spoiler post for the finale of wheel of time but we also have some feedback on the hawkeye finale from our facebook group first up claire payne says an awesome finale i saw everything that i hoped for in the first 30 minutes kingpin and his connection to eleanor kate and clint in their new suits a great elevator fight between yelena and kate and a nice montage of the creation of trick arrows i've only watched it once and sat there grinning the whole way through i'm glad we got the ending of kate joining the bartons so what's next? Is Kingpin dead? Will we see Yelena and Kate team up? Whatever happens, I enjoyed every second of this show and thankful for getting an hour-long finale. And oh, the joy for the post credit scene of Rogers the Musical number in full. Happy Christmas, Defenders. Thanks so much, Claire. I know I know exactly what you mean. I was smiling the whole way through the episode as well. Really, uh, A really good, fun bit of Christmas joy uh, before we get uh, to close out the scene. Yes, yes, very much so. We also have some feedback from Heather Wallace who said, We all love Jack now, don't we? He was fabulous and seemingly hold no grudges against either Eleanor for framing him or Kate for her hostility. The only mm-hmm. time he was annoyed was when he was had a spot of blood on his cravat. What a top bloke. And I loved how he took down Armand the Seventh. Speaking of the Armands, Armand the Third would have to be the great great grandfather of Armand the Seventh. Do they have all the kids at 15? No wonder <laughs> Armand Seven is interested in Jack's wine collection so young. So Laura is an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. as we all expected. The Watch is either the most MacGuffin-y MacGuffin to ever MacGuffin. Why exactly were the bros after at the black market auction? Or they mm-hmm. will be part of a spin-off. Yelena and Kate's fight scene through the building was so good. It had great choreography and banter. 
The elevator scene was gold and kudos to Kate for slowing it down by pressing all the buttons. Very clever. I was also impressed with Yelena's hair braid. Top notch work. Yes, this is me, Chris speaking. And yes, it was. Even I went, that is some cool mohawky hair braid. Damn. Very impressive. Yes. Very impressive. Heather went on to say, Clint and Yelena's fight scene was similar to Sam Wilson and Carly's. Neither was fighting, just defending, while the other person, mm-hmm. Rage, wore away. Hearing Nat's whistle was moving, although I do wonder how Val will take the commission not being completed. The full number of Rogers the Musical who was hilarious. Adam Pascal, who played the first New Yorker, looked like he was going to burst out laughing any second. (laughs) I wonder if in this MCU reality there's an actor called Chris Evans. I hear he loves donning tap shoes and getting out the jazz hands. He'd be perfect to lead in the musical. (laughs) <laughs> Merry Christmas to everyone and huge thanks to Derek, John and Chris for su- such sterling work on so many projects this year. Thank you so thanks, much, Heather. Heather. That's really appreciative. Um, and yeah, look, I think the watch is going to be the one that's going to have to be explained at some point. I really do. I'm hoping it's just a nod and they never explain it so we can all assume that it's not Um that it's not Bobby Morse. Uh, they just leave it there as an Easter egg and uh, us Agents of Shields fans get annoyed for a while and then it just goes away. Uh, but yes, possibly this is, as I say, the connection uh, for Laura being brought in to season two as an active former agent of Shields. Maybe that's the way they'll go. Thanks so much, Heather. And thanks so much for your thoughts and, and thanks for your kindness uh, throughout this year as well. Hopefully uh, you have a good, uh, a good Christmas period, and hopefully all of our fellow defenders do. Uh, we didn't have time to capture all of your feedback for this episode as we're recording the day of release of uh, Hawkeye episode six. If you do want to send us feedback, or if you're sharing your feedback in the group, we will come back to it on our wrap up podcast at the start of January. Please don't forget to send in your answers to the pub quiz questions. All six of them are available over on tvpodcastindustries.com or on the episodes that you've hopefully been listening to throughout the last month and a half. Uh, really good series overall for Hawkeye. Um, really look forward to seeing what marvel bring us next year in all of the shows that we'll be covering from the mcu next year yes so guys thank you so much we we do appreciate your time your effort we'll get more into our personal favorites shows and episodes of all the things we've covered in our wrap-up but we want to hear yours tell us anyway we do appreciate your feedback we appreciate your listens and you know what we also appreciate your patronage if and how you've support us be it through patreon.com be it through buymeacoffee.com be it through just liking and sharing the podcast or leaving a review every Mm -hmm. little helps it is always appreciative and also just listening and engaging with us because we love having our fellow defenders there with us listening and enjoying the shows along with us Absolutely, yes. And just to say, uh, Spotify have just brought in their rating system uh, for their podcast. So if you do listen to us over on on, uh, Spotify, uh, click the five-star rating there for us. That'd be really nice of you. Uh, It does allow the podcast to be be picked up, especially with Spotify just introducing it. They are well-known as an algorithm type of company. So if you give us a five-star rating there, hopefully it'll surface the podcast for other future fellow defenders uh, for TV podcast industries. Thanks so much for joining us throughout the year, and thanks so much for joining us for Hawkeye. We hope to see you back next year for more mcu goodness yes and i don't want to leave on a threat but if you don't put us for five stars on spotify i will sing i can do this all day in full on a podcast or maybe that's a patreon exclusive i don't know it's a threat or a promise either way please give us a five star rating we thank you so much and we will be back 
in a couple of weeks with our next episode. But more importantly, we'll also be back with our Wheel of Time episode 8 finale review. And then we'll be back with our year in review, as always, in the new year. Thank you from everyone in TV Podcast Industries, myself, John, and Derek. I am speaking for all of us, and even our podcast, and my podcast, who are on their way to the to their lovely current Christmas homes away from Holiday home. Holiday destinations, yes, exactly, exactly. Hopefully you have a good time over uh, over your holiday period. Uh, whatever you're up to, whether you're just sitting listening to us on Christmas Day or whether you're sharing it with family and friends, uh, enjoy it. We will be back with you very soon. Yes, thank Bye. you so much. Speak to you again soon. Bye.